Blog Talk Radio. Today is Saturday, September 30th, 2017, and this is The Secret Math of Money, presented by Evil Bunny Consulting. I'm your host, Tyrone Griffin, and this is the show where we talk about all the things, excuse me, we should have been taught in high school, but we weren't. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Anybody on Facebook Live or if you're catching this on YouTube. Uh, let me back up a minute. I know the last few weeks with this podcast and my other one, I do uh, the two podcasts. They've both have been kind of sporadic. Um, then let me say what's going on. Uh, nothing. Um, I've been doing the other podcast, the Bunny Says the Reba Show. I've been doing that for seven years. And I've been doing this podcast for about nine months. And kind of run out of stuff. And I don't want to repeat. I don't want to start saying the same things over and over. When we're talking about money, it's very easy to just say the same things over and over and over. And I don't want to get that way. So what I'm trying to do now is gauge myself and say, okay, if I come up with, with an idea I think we haven't really discussed or I, I, we can go a little deeper on, that's when we'll talk about it. Okay, so it's nothing personal. If you have any ideas of anything you want me to talk about with respect to money, please just send it to me. But I'm always shooting for ideas. So with that said, this week's topic is more of a general one, financial discipline. Now, that's a very, very general, general statement. Um, but a lot of our problems happen because we don't have financial discipline. Uh, it, it, it affects us in a lot of different ways. I mean, we don't see it often, but it's a a lot of different ways. So what I'm going to start, let's talk about it like this. Think about the idea of immediate gratification. And that means basically what I want it now. Financial discipline means instead of you saying I want it now and buying it now and I don't care what it costs, financial discipline says, okay, I'm going to put together a budget. We talked about budgeting a couple of months ago. So you go back and look at that show. Uh, you set up a budget. And you say here's my budget based on what I'm bringing in and what I have to spend, and what I want to save. You, have to, you need to start saving uh, from day one. What I'm trying to teach my son and what I hope everybody out there is trying to teach their kids is you got to start saving at day one. These are the things that, unfortunately, a lot of us, our parents didn't teach us this stuff. And it wasn't that they did, were trying to hide a secret. They just didn't know. So a lot of times our parents just didn't tell us about that uh, I have a caller. Hold on one second. Hey, caller, caller, are you there? Yeah, Hello? I'm. I'm here. I I just tuned in. I'm just sitting back and listening. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. If you um get a question, let me know. Okay. Okay. I just pressed All one. Right. right. Yep. I appreciate thank, it. Thank. Thank you, sir. All righty. I'm gonna put you back on. Uh, I think this is good. Okay, okay. so um, but what I was saying is we need to teach our children those lessons that we didn't learn, and it's that you've got to see from day one. Uh, the biggest issue, kids get out of college, even kids get out of high school, even us older people, this idea of immediate gratification. When I moved into my house uh, 12 years ago, one of the things that got me was that people were right after we, they were just building a subdivision. And as houses went up, it was interesting. You started seeing, and not every house, but some houses, you start seeing rent-to-own trucks where people were renting furniture because they just bought a house that went on new furniture. You know, I can't, my, my old furniture doesn't fit in my new house. So they were renting furniture. 
Well, the problem with that, with renting furniture, and you pay a ton of money. If you got a thousand dollar couch, you might pay two or three thousand dollars for it, but you're only paying five dollars a week, so you don't realize. Well, you know, but I want it now instead of saying, you know, I'm going to wait. See, that's what immediate gratification can hurt you because you keep saying, I want it now, okay, instead of saying, you know what, I need to save some money. So it might take you three months or six months to save $1,000 to get that couch you wanted, but then you buy it and you own it as opposed to paying two or $3,000 for that same couch because you want it now, okay? That's the, the, the problem with immediate gratification. Financial discipline. If you have financial discipline, you won't have those kinds of problems. Okay, um, it's it's. I know it's not a magic pill. Like, oh, you just drop it and you get financial discipline. No, it takes a lot of training. It takes discipline. People in the military know a lot about discipline. That's the one thing about people. You ever work with somebody in the military uh, who's been in the military? They're very disciplined. Okay, but that's one of the things that we again we're not taught that in high school about having discipline. So. So immediate gratification is one way that we get impacted by not having uh, financial discipline, and we have to have it now. It's not just with furniture, uh, new cars. I know, you know, we all know people who every two or three years they trade in their car because they need to have a new car. Um, phones. How many people every two years they trade in their cell phones? Got to have that new one, you know. Financial discipline, okay. You can get things. You can get the things you need, but you have to be disciplined about it. You have to have a budget, and you have to stick to your budget. In these times, you have to stick to your budget. One thing, a, a thing I looked up, a little stat I looked up is think about telling your child this message. When they get their first job at 22, 23, or whatever, tell them to save $20 a week. $20 a week, you got a job, okay, you can save $20 a week. It is harder then you think not because it's a lot of money, but because it takes discipline every week to put away $20. If you put away $20 a week and you save that money in an uh, index fund, by age 67, and these are rough numbers, you'll have $300,000 just from putting $20 away. Okay? If you put $20 away from the time you're 22 years old, you'll have about $300,000. Oh, great. Again, that discipline to put that $20 away every week. That is the hard part. See, as I said on here before, money, financial management is not just about numbers. It's mental. You know, I can tell you, we can write up budgets all day, and you can look up, write a budget that will just make you a millionaire. The hard part is sticking with it. So if you save $20 a week, you'd have $300,000. $40 a week, you have $600,000 by age 67. If you save $100 a week, which is probably harder for people, but you'll have $1.5 million okay, by the time you're 67 by saving $100 a week, just putting $100 a week into an index fund. That's an estimate. That's not guaranteed. You know, stock market goes up or down, whatever. But you'll have approximately $1.5 million, okay, by age 67. Forget your, your 401K and all of that. If you were able to save $100 a week, okay, but again, the problem is discipline. Now, another issue where you, 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 we, we lose our financial discipline. I told you the immediate gratification is one way where we can, financial discipline goes out the window. Um, keeping up with the Joneses, let's be honest, a lot of people do that, you know. 
this guy got this or this family got that, this family goes on vacation. Uh, I know people who go on vacation maybe four or five times a year. I'm not exaggerating. Um, I don't know how they do it. I'm not worried about how they do it. God bless them. Good for them. Um, but I always think that people, sometimes people go on vacation. This sounds crazy. People go on vacation just so they can come back and tell people they went on vacation. Okay, that's what the reason they go on vacation. They come back and, and you know, look where I went. And they change their profile picture. This is a funny thing. They, they change the profile picture at work to them standing in front of the Eiffel Tower and all that kind of stuff. But the other people, you know, you don't know how these people are afforded. And it's not your business. But people get caught up in, well, they're doing it. I'm going to do it. And you have no idea what their financial situation is. But you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. And that is where people get in trouble. Because you don't know if the Joneses are rich as heck or if the Joneses are going broke just as fast as you. And it's really bad when you and the Joneses both show up at the unemployment office um, because your house just got foreclosed on, because you're both trying to keep up with each other. Financial discipline. And what is financial discipline? It means, sticking, it means creating a plan and sticking to that plan. Now, sometimes what happens is people stick to a plan because they're broke. But then people get to credit cards, and that's one of the things. Credit cards can be a blessing and a curse. If you, have, if you use credit cards wrong, they can be the biggest curse on you uh, that you can imagine. And I'm here to tell you that from experience, okay? If you use your credit cards wrong, and this is, this is one of the things that made me want to do this show was because schools, high schools, not so much high schools, but colleges will give you a credit card with the school name, you know, that affinity card, you know, university or wherever, you know, but they never show you how to use it. They never show you how credit works, you know, but they're getting a kickback because they got their name on a credit card. So they are basically pimping out their students, okay? That's what it, call it what you, that's what it comes out. They're pimping out their students. They're making money off your ignorance, okay? Credit cards can be a great thing. Credit cards can be a, a curse. So when you try to have financial discipline, I'll say this. If you have a credit card, understand why you got that credit card. Now, I know people have these uh, um, premium platinum cards, and I always just say, you know, I'm not paying $100 a year just to have a card in my pocket. Until I started thinking about the benefits of some of those cards, where you get free plane tickets, you get upgrades, and this and that. And if, you're, if you can use those, 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 at those gifts or whatever they call it, they give you on these credit cards, you can get them. But have a reason. You know, don't have a gold American Express card in your pocket just so you can pull it out and drop it on people. Oh, look, I got a gold American Express card. Okay, financial discipline, that is one of the biggest problems that uh, I think people have. People find themselves without financial discipline. It is not rocket science. It is not. You know you have financial discipline? Seriously, when you're broke and you don't have any credit cards, you have major financial discipline. The challenge is having that financial discipline when you got money, when, you, when your, your plan starts to work and you say, oh, I got a little bit of change. Oh, I want to buy milk. Let me not buy some. Here's what I got. It's it's end of September right now. In about two months, we're going to have Black Friday. Okay, and we're going to have people running around beating each other in Walmart, you know, for a 50-inch TV, you know, where they saved $15. Okay? People buy it on on Black Friday. They get the bill at the end of December because they hope to pay it with their January bonus. That's not financial discipline. Financial discipline means having a long-term plan for your life. So, all right, what else? Um, create a budget. We've talked about that. How much do you invest per week? Immediate gratification. Here's one, profiling. 
Everybody knows what profiling is. Profiling is when you got a $60,000 car, you wear $400 suits, uh, you taking dates out to restaurants and buying $85 bottles of champagne, okay, and you live in your mama's basement, okay, or you live in an apartment, and nothing wrong with living in an apartment, but your goal should be uh, for whatever reason that you are living in your apartment, your goal should be to get a house. And the reason I say that, or, or townhouses, your goal should be to own something. Because what everybody realizes when they get out of an apartment and get into a house, and then they see how much money uh, they get back in their taxes because they get that huge write-off. Okay? Your goal should be to, to, to get there, to get something where you can get a write-off. Okay? Um, but when you profile it, you know, you got the fly, you got the nice car, you got the 22-inch rims, you know, the windows tinted black. I mean, car is just nice, and you live in your mama's basement. And I'm sorry to put it that way, but I know people do that, you know. Um, that's profiling. That's trying to project out. I'll tell the story. When I was a kid, we lived in the hood, and they bust us out to uh, suburbs to school. And I always noticed the people in the hood had jacked-up houses and nice cars. And we went out to the suburbs, and these people had beautiful homes, and they had these, you know, older cars cars with the wood paneling on the side. You know, they they just had a car. They had a generic car, okay? People that were poor were trying to portray themselves as rich. That's the one thing you don't – you're poor, you you don't have a lot of money. That's, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, Bill Gates, he's rich. Bill Gates, if he walked in the room with a pair of of, of $9 and one sneakers from, from Walmart, Nobody gonna say nothing because Bill Gates, no, he rich. He ain't got him. He, he don't have to show anybody that he's rich. Okay. Or, you know, he's rich. There are a lot of people walking around rich as heck. You would never know it. There was a book a couple of years, about ten, fifteen years ago, called "The Millionaire Next Door," and it talked about these people who were millionaires. This one guy owned a, a junkyard, and you know his neighbors, oh, he's a junkyard. This dude was a millionaire. Nobody knew it because it's none of nobody's business. When you start buying things to show people what you got, you got a problem. When you start buying for the sole purpose of showing other people what you got, you have a problem, okay? People lease cars. Now, nothing wrong with leasing, if you, you, so long as you understand what you're doing. Um, you lease a car for whatever reason. You can write it off. That's a good reason to do it. But sometimes people lease a car so that they can get a better car than they can actually afford. What's the downside of that? At the end of that lease, 30 months or whatever, you got nothing. Okay. Well, yeah, you know, but I, I saved $400 on this car note. But at the end of that lease, you have nothing. Okay. So you can either continue, you can buy the car out, or you can start all over someplace else. Um, I used to work in the garage. I was in the garage for nine and a half years, Sears Auto Center, tires and batteries in 60 minutes. I love cars. I do. I honestly and truly love cars. I want a BMW 7 Series. So if anybody out there has one, just give it to me. I appreciate it. I will thank you immensely. But I'm not going to get it yet, A, because it's $100,000. But B, when I get that, it's not just about the car. It's about I got to keep that thing up because there's nothing more funnier to me, or more funnier, hmm, there's nothing funnier to me than somebody with a luxury car. And I swear I saw this at the, at the car wash. These people had a Mercedes-Benz SUV, and it looked pretty new. 
and they had had some kind of accident and hit the bumper. And I swear the whole bumper was was was, was duct tape. The whole bumper. The car was gray, so it blended, but the whole bumper was duct tape. It's like, if you can't afford to fix the car, you can't afford to buy the car. Because it's not just about what you drive. It's not just about the car note. It's about gas. It's about insurance. It's about tires. I've seen people complain that their tires cost $400. I'm like, well, you got a Benz. What do you expect your tires to cost? You know, you can't go to Jiffy Lube and get your oil changed either. You know, but financial discipline, you will put away something. You know what? I'm going to spend $400 a month on this car note, but I'm going to have to put away another 200 a month for maintenance so that when something happens, I got a little money. That's financial discipline. Financial discipline says when you pay off a car, and I've done that, it's a great feeling. Pay off a car, you keep putting some money away. Why? Because at some point you have to buy another car. And if you keep yourself disciplined to put that money away into another account, when it comes time to buy a car, you got a, a nest egg of money to use. Okay? Financial discipline is boring. Okay, It means that maybe you don't go on the vacations you want to go on as often as you want to go on. Financial discipline means having a goal, having a goal someplace, and you say, you know what, I'm keeping my eye on that goal. That's what financial discipline is. Okay, it's not, I'm not saying you live like a pauper, but I'm saying what we need to do as adults is, is the things that we weren't taught. This, this whole podcast is about what we didn't learn in high school, but it's also about teaching our kids what we didn't learn, what we've learned through experience. Teaching our kids long-term strategy. You know, you know, say, so, well, I may not live to 65, but you might live to 65. And the worst thing in the world is to wake up at 65 and realize your whole life you've been planning to die, and you didn't. So you don't have anything saved. You don't have anything for tomorrow, for the next day. You, you never put away any money. So having financial discipline, which is a very boring thing, it's not that you deny yourself. It's that financial discipline means you set a budget. You create a realistic budget of what you bring in, what you spend, and what you can save. And if you can't save enough, then you look at your list of what you're spending, and you look at those wants. Go back to the budget and top show we did, and you, can, you start playing with those wants. You start reducing those wants. Yeah, I want a BMW. It's not in my budget, so I don't have a BMW. Okay, I want, I want a weekly vacation. I want a weekly vacation to the South of France, London, England, you know, all the good places. But it's not in my budget. So there's nothing wrong with wanting things. Hey, I got another caller on there. How you doing? Hi, good morning. I actually <clears throat> was just flicking through blog talk. I thought this looked really okay. interesting. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. I'm glad you're listening. Thanks for tuning in. Did you have a question or anything? Not or really. Just I just thought it was interest. I thought I'd learned something today from you. Oh, okay. Well, I appreciate it. This, thank you for listening. I'm going to put you back on mute and keep going. But thank you for much. And I'll thank tell you. you I think you, can, you have a wonderful can, program. Thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You guys on Facebook, if you could hear these accolades I'm getting, it would be great. But thank you so much, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, for those people just tuning in, let me see if this. Oh, I said, did you have a question? Yeah, I got a question for you. Sure, got a question. Uh, I, I, I got, I got a two-part question, and, and then you can okay. throw me on mute. 
uh, how do we develop the old old money mindset? Mm-hmm. And what are some ways that the old money have that we don't have now? And where do the old money people live at? Okay. All right. Thanks for that question. I'll uh, see what I can answer for you. Okay. Okay. Thank okay, you, sir. I appreciate it. No, thank you. Okay. I had a question, and I'll repeat it for you. The first question was, um, how do we develop the old money mindset, and how do um, where the old where the old money people live? Okay. Old money is a different thing. When we say old money. Old money means, you know, generation after generation after generation. You know, maybe in the 30s or 40s or 20s, um, somebody made a lot of money, and they passed it down. But, see, the thing is, the, the way you get old money is they teach their kids about money. That's how you get old money. The generation keeps, keeps teaching the next generation about money, how money works. The old money mindset is, okay, they may have a big, beautiful house but they're always thinking about their money. That's the thing about rich people. They're always thinking about their money, okay? They're always thinking about their money. They have it. They're trying to protect it. They are very uh, financially disciplined, okay? Um, they will have advisors. And, you know, we, can't, we all can't afford to have advisors, but we can all probably afford a spreadsheet or we can afford a pad, a notebook, and a piece of paper, a notebook and a pencil, and you can write down your budget. Rich people, old money people, the one thing they teach their kids is financial discipline. You might think, oh, these kids are running around in the Riviera and they're having a good time. No, that's not just it. These kids have learned, okay, I got X number of dollars to play with, but the rest of this money we're going to keep in the bank. See, the thing about old money, to, to get old money, you have to have a goal. Started with this much, I'm going to end with this much. That's your goal. No matter what you do, I want to put more into the system than I took out. So that's the old money mindset. They teach their children. They have you know, millions of dollars to spare, and they have financial advisors. But the lessons they teach their children are not rocket science. The lessons that rich people teach their children is about financial discipline. They may give their kids an allowance growing up, Okay. You know, I mean, you got the Paris Hiltons, and I don't mean to throw them under a bus, but you got some kids out there that just don't have a clue, and, you know, it, they just don't get They've always had money. They don't understand why people complain about money because they've always had it. But the smart people, the people that have money generation after generation after generation, they teach their children financial discipline. The same thing that you can learn for free here or anywhere else, financial discipline. That's what it's all about. It's about financial discipline. So that's how you get old money. You, you're disciplined, okay? We might say, I mean, they're disciplined. The, their toys are so much bigger than ours, you know, or so much more grandiose than ours. But behind the scenes, you best believe most people with old money are not blowing it. They are not blowing that money on stupid stuff. Some of them do. I'm not going to say they don't. So the other question, the next question was where do old people live? Uh, where does old people money? Where does old money live was the question. Well, one thing what old money has done is they may have a compound. You know, they may have a big house, but it's most likely it's paid for. And see, they may not move every couple of years, you know, every 10 years and start all over, uh, you know, on a new mortgage. 
the goal of a mortgage is to pay that sucker off, just like the goal of a car note is to pay that sucker off. Okay, that's the, you don't start finding the value in that until you pay it off. Now, think about this. You have a house maybe costs $250,000. You pay it off. You pass it on to your child. Okay, now your child may not live in that house. If they, they do live in that house, they're living free. All they're paying is their, their monthly expenses. Now, imagine if you could live in a house and you didn't have to pay a mortgage or you didn't have to pay rent, and all your check could go, your paycheck could go to uh, saving. Okay? That's the, mo- the old money mindset. It's do this, and then we keep it rolling. Okay? Pay this off. Okay? Or we're renting, you know, people, it's like this. Uh, rich people have private jets. But then you got people in to know what I don't need a private jet all the time, so I'm going to buy I'm going to rent time on this private jet just for the times I need it. Okay, I don't need to have a, a jet at the airport because I take a flight once a month and I'm paying rent on that that plane the whole month. I rent it for that one day I need it. That's the mindset. That's how old money works. Okay, but where do they live? They can live next door to you. Old money can live in old smart money. They're not bragging about their money. There are some people who have old money, and they're out there showing everybody they got old money, that they got money. But there's a lot of people who are like, nah, that's none of your business what I got. You know, they go on vacation. They might go on a, a vacation that costs $25,000, and a lot of people might take out a, you know, mortgage, a second mortgage in their house or whatever. Do. Old money, people just drop the money up, but they don't tell nobody. There are people now. I remember when I worked at a company, and we did, a, we did a comparison. This was a very unscientific study. We looked in the parking lot. We looked at what people were driving, and we looked at where, they, where their level was. So it was like the head of the department versus all the way down to, like, the lowest-level salespeople. And there was an inverse relationship with, between the value of their vehicle and their level, and their level assuming their salary was the same. So the people that were probably making the most money were driving the least expensive cars. Think about that a minute. The, the director, this person was the director of finance, head accountant. They drove, drove a Honda Accord. One of the salespeople who was not making, trust me, was not making as much as that person, was driving a Porsche. It was an inverse relationship. That's how old money thinks. That's how smart money thinks. It's not about showing you what I got. Okay? So let me get here. Hey, sir. Hey, sir. Did that, did yes, that sir. answer your question there? Okay. Oh uh, yeah, sure I it did. I I I heard you say you you uh are you originally uh where you from originally? Oh, where am I? Where am I from originally? I grew I born in North Carolina, grew up in New York, spent a long time in Connecticut. Now I'm in Georgia. <laughs> so I've been okay, all Connecticut, Connecticut yeah. and New York. That's yeah. a lot of old money up there. There's a lot of old money in Connecticut and New York. Yes, there is. Man, you know, uh, I remember one time it was a bomb on the street. I'm from I'm from California. Okay. And one time, one time he got sick, and he had to go to the hospital. So he gets mm-hmm. here. Somehow he passes out, and and the nurse tape gets his jacket off, and she couldn't wonder why the jacket was so damn heavy. Mm-hmm. So she didn't pay it no mind, and he gets up out of his uh, sleeper. After he passed out, and he he's looking for his jacket. Well, mm-hmm. come to find out, he had his whole jacket lined 
in wraps of $100 bills, and this is the bomb that's on the street. Wow. That's old money. (laughs) But that's somebody that's got a little problem upstairs, too. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. But you know what? That's the thing. People that grew up in the Depression, here's the thing. People that lived through the Depression, my theory is that those people – but my theory is that those people that live through the depression are better off in retirement because they live through the depression. And they said never again. And they saved their money. So, hey, sir, thank you for your call. For your, for your. Okay? Okay, thank you. Hey, thank you again. Okay, everybody. Um, put this back as you can hear me. Thank you. Uh, everybody, this has been a good show. Um, thank everybody on Facebook listening, everybody on Blog Talk Radio. I should have said it at the beginning. I'm not a financial planner. I'm not a financial advisor. I have a, 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 a BA in accounting and a, and a master's degree in finance. That's all I got. I'm not selling anything. I am not selling anything. Anything I say, take with a grain of salt. Go research it yourself. Okay? You don't want to believe me? Fine. I don't, that's, that doesn't offend me. Um, so don't think that, um, you know, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I am, I'm, I'm just one guy who's learned some things, and I want to pass it on. If you do something I, follow, I say and you make money, I would love you to give me something. But anyway, you can catch this show. It's on Facebook Live. There's a, there's a, um, there's a uh, page, Secret Math of Money, that I have all the links to. Um, or you can catch it on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel called The Secret Math of Money where you get these, all these great videos of my smiling face. So, everybody, this has been great. Thank you so much for your questions online, people. Everybody on Facebook, thanks for tuning in, and we will do this again soon. Take care, everybody. If you got any questions, hit me up, Tyrone Griffin, on Facebook or LinkedIn. Take care, everybody. Have a great day, and we will talk again soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>